Good morning and a happy Tuesday to you folks. Top of the Tuesday to you. Today we're going to talk a little bit about how gratitude can build relationships, whether it's in your house, whether it's in a relationship you have, whether it's in a workplace, whatever the relationship is. Creating a culture of appreciation and recognition really strengthens relationships. Because on the other hand, we all know the opposite is true. When a leader or a person in a position of power does not recognize an employee going above and beyond their responsibilities, somebody in the family going above and beyond their daily assumptive domestic duties, if you will, generally engagement plummets. Gratitude is truly a selfless act. Oftentimes, it takes many selfless acts to show people unconditionally that they are appreciated, but it does become infectious. It's a sign of wisdom and maturity and a hallmark of humility because really gratitude stems from the acknowledgement that we have not arrived completely ourselves. And in the spirit of the golden rule, therefore I shall lead and do unto others as I want done and led unto me. I'm going to express my gratitude and appreciation today, folks. I hope you do, too. Have a fabulous Tuesday. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Good morning. Welcome to the Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. Sean Forbes on the line with us, part of OG Directory Team Forbes. She'll be filling in for Sterling this morning, truncated version this morning. As I tell you what, I've got three interviews lined up this afternoon for the four interviews. I just forgot about one for the Play Hard portion, uh, including some of our ESG environmentally friendly companies and our environmental innovation interviews we're going to be doing all April long but as we round down and finish up March I couldn't think of a better guest to have on than Sean Forbes and OG directory how you doing I'm good I'm good oh the levels happy end of March happy end of March yeah we're almost to the end now you've got a daughter it's her birthday today or is it tomorrow or what do, when's your daughter's birthday which which, which day of the week March 30th, Tuesday. Tuesday, okay, so today, okay, great. Today, yeah. Uh, My daughter turns 18 years old, so oh. I, I, I'm, um, I'm excited that she's survived this long. <laughs> Is it bittersweet, you know, on one hand, you know, you've, you've made it, she's now an adult, but on the other hand, oh, she's an adult. <laughs> it's, it's making me really sad, honestly, because, you know, it's, change and she's going to be going to college she got accepted to csu colorado state and yeah colorado state and she'll be up in fort collins the they require first-year students to stay in the dorms so she's going to be heading out with her cat and i'm really pretty sad about it i mean i'm excited for her i think it's going to be a great experience but do they allow cats in the dorms um she is getting a, a certificate to be able to bring her cat with her. So is that like a I mean I don't want to get into personal issues or anything like that, but is that like a companion cat? Is there such a thing? It is. Yeah, it's a, an emotional support animal. 
For real? Okay, I and didn't know she, that. Yeah, and she's had to jump through a bunch of hoops to meet with doctors and meet with, um, you know, um, coordinators at the school to be able to even even apply for that certification. And uh, she's gotten through, so she's she's bringing her cat with her. Well, a cat makes a lot more sense than a dog because a cat's a little bit more self-sufficient. Right, yeah. We have two cats, and one of them tries to kill the other one, so they have to stay oh. separated. So while well, one of them roams the house, the other one is locked in a bedroom, and they both get their, their free time. So this is actually going to be a good thing for her to take her cat, so they have a lot more freedom. Boy, that's interesting. you got one cat trying <laughs> to kill the other cat. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, it's not a good situation. So. We have to get a dog to referee. Or common enemy, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, I'll bring Frackleberry Hound over, and she'll make buddies with both of them. She left the room. She doesn't like interviews anymore. She, uh, I know she gets she gets She's upset. She's the best because she just well, and then she lays by your feet, and it's very sweet. I know. Well, that's that's when I do the non phone interviews. When I, when I when I record alone, or I do the phone interviews, she she leaves and goes under the bed. And um, when there's somebody here or we do them live or wherever, she likes to just go under, she likes to go under the feet of the guest. It's kind of funny how that works. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, so OG directory, what's going on? By the way, uh, March Madness, man, you're, uh, you're, I was you're out the very first week. Thanks. I, I know, but the, the team that you played in that play in game, they're still alive. They're, they're the, oh, well, that's good to know. Uh, yeah, they're UCLA. They're the 11 seed that uh, had to play the play-in game against Michigan State, Oil Man Magazine. I think they play tonight. I haven't even checked yet who, who played last night, so kind of out of the loop on that. But um, OG Directory, first of all, let's get an update on OG Directory for those people uh, just joining the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show, maybe for the first time. Thank you very much. And for those of you who have uh, joined us in the past and saying, I know that voice. She was down in the Permian at the Pipeliners, their annual cook-off. She was that uh, sophisticated and sexy co-host who ended up becoming the host. Remember that? Yeah, uh, I, I took over. I took over. I just, I had to, you know. I just said, Jason, this is e- easier than, than I thought. Let's just. I'm just going to take over. Let's this go. is easier than I <laughs> thought. Yeah, it's pretty easy just to talk into a microphone. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what you got going on at the uh, directory. First of all, what is OG Directory? What can people find there? G- give a, give yourself that uh, commercial plug, if you will. My little elevator pitch. So OGDirectory.com is an oil and gas service and supplier directory um, specifically built as a tool for buyers to be able to find the companies that they're looking for um, that are providing the services and products equipment that they need. So you can, if you're a company, you can create a business listing. Um, If you're a buyer or an engineer and you're looking for companies, you can search the directory by location, either city, state, region, you can search by category or by keyword. Um, there's also uh, events. I advertise industry events that are coming up um, all across the U.S. Uh, eventually, I'll start adding Canadian events um, once I get a little bit more traction with our folks in the north. Um, but for now, if you're in upstream, midstream, downstream, um, 
I don't just focus on one area of operations. It's oil and gas events um, across the board. So I also have for sale ads. So if your company is looking to sell some surplus equipment or new equipment uh, products, I have uh, for sale um, ads companies can purchase. Um, you can offer deals. You can post articles. Um, all kinds of good fun stuff. So check it out, ogdirectory.com. How many different events do you have on there? Right now, I think I have a, around 150. That's what I thought, yeah. It's the one thing I noticed about the uh, OG directory is that the the events are really vast and um, um, vertical. I mean, there's there's all kinds of digital conferences. There's uh, environmental ESG conferences. There's uh, pipeline events. There is natural gas in Pittsburgh events. I mean, really, really specific yeah. events. Yeah, women's and energy events. Uh, you know, and then bass tournaments and cookoffs and uh, clay shoots. You name it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a community awareness. We have um, some tree planting. Up here in uh, the Rockies, um, I believe you also have a, a highway that you adopt, Jason, don't you? I do, yeah. So we, yeah, we're going to be doing the uh, cleanup uh, coming up here shortly in April. Uh, myself and a group of kids, we're going to go out and clean. Uh, you know that do do that whole thing and and do our environmental and energy awareness that we can we continue to do. Uh, and yeah, so we've adopted a highway. I'm going on 17 years now. It's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota on the interstate because, uh, it's between Fargo and Minneapolis. And I did that on purpose. It's about 15 miles, 10 miles, about 10, 15 miles east of Fargo. So that, uh, people that were driving on the interstate best, best, actually best piece of marketing I've ever done in my life. Um, there's a lot of things I'm known for, <laughs> but the the one thing that seems to really, uh, I guess, just it, it, it's amazed at how many people know me because of that adopt a highway sign because so many people see it. So many people yeah, see that, it. That's fantastic. Well, in in North Dakota too, you got to remember Fargo. We're we're a half hour to forty five minutes from five thousand lakes, and the interstate is you know, that choke point to get people out there or that, you know, gateway to get people out there. So that was another strategy, you know, being 10, 15 miles outside. When I called the state back in 2004, I said uh, they were trying to give me some back backwoods highways, this and that. And I said, look, I'll be honest, big, big part of this is marketing. <laughs> I was just totally upfront with them and honest, you know, and I said, I said, no, I want to do it. But I said, don't get me wrong. I said, there, there's a box on here that says in my checklist that says marketing. So if, if I can't find, you know, anything on the interstate, yeah, I will definitely pick something that's not. But I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get as many boxes checked as, as possible. And I don't feel bad about that, actually. I just don't. Yeah, no, don't. You shouldn't feel bad. And it's a good thing. You know, it's not like you know, you're, you're doing something obnoxious. You're actually doing a good deed for the community. So. Right. And then I, I, uh, texted a friend of mine back in the day or called him. I can't remember what it was, but he was the only one that I thought would be crazy enough to do it with me. And he's actually the, uh, Cass County commissioner now. 
he's he's actually in charge of the whole oh. yeah he's in charge of the whole county and so I always text him like hey you should promote this in your your ads when you run for office like I've been environmentally friendly since 2004 he's a big Republican you know so uh, yeah you're ahead of the, you're ahead of the curve on the whole ESG movement. well that's what we're doing I mean we're yeah. doing it with the crude life in fact uh, this week. We're going to be making an announcement about the Bakken barbecue to where we're it's now I don't want to give it away because I I need to I need to check just a couple things first to make sure that the uh, donation is 100% approved, you know, because it's one of those where the the person has approved it, but I want to make sure their boss has approved it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to tell you what the Announcement is, but it is spudtacular. Little teaser. It's going to be spudtacular, totally. Spud. Spudtacular. What the announcement is going to be about the Bakken barbecue? Yeah, it's going to be. It's which, going to be is, which is on June eighteenth in Dickinson. Dickinson, North Dakota. That's right. Yes. It's for first responders this year. So actually, it'll be for Make-A-Wish again. So we'll be having uh, Make-A-Wish where uh, my guess is there'll be some sort of uh, celebration on on stage again. And then uh, we're also doing the theme, which is kind of honoring first responders. So firefighters and police, and I I would imagine anybody who's a first responder uh, would would be invited, and they're going to be honored and and I and yeah, I, I think that's actually quite genius because last year we had a very successful Bach and barbecue, several thousand people. We didn't have any COVID problems. We raised seventy five thousand uh, dollars in a in a pandemic year when a lot of events were getting canceled. We had ours and there was no issues. But coming back now. People want to feel safe, and there's a good psychology behind having a bunch of first responders there. People feel safe, so yeah, and we have to uh, appreciate the work that they do. It's 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 a job, but it's a it's a selfless job as well. My goal is going to be because you know, for me, I like to try to find the areas that no one's talking about, and it's tough to be a change agent at time for those reasons, but. I like to find those areas no one's talking about, and it baffles me, not to get political, but it baffles me that we can send as much money as we do overseas, and we can spend as much money into space, and we can spend as much money to focus on future problems that we don't know exist yet, that we think do, when 85% of our firefighters here in America are volunteer. That just blows my mind, that... 85% 85% of our volunteer or our firefighters are volunteer. So you go to Dickinson, North Dakota, for example, where the Bach and Barbecue is going to be. They're a volunteer firefighter, firefighters. So what, what you have in many cases is another example where the oil and gas industry has stepped up and become leaders in their community. Because when you take a look at who generally is your volunteer firefighters, number one, they're small business owners because they have the time that they can leave and go do a fire at a moment's notice. And number two, it's generally somebody who works for the oil and gas company because the oil and gas company understands how important firefighting is to your local community. 
I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, Sean Forbes, but that's how, that's how I look at it. Perfect sense. And I love that we can highlight the wonderful things that oil and gas companies do in the community, because I think a lot of times it's overlooked. And then when you take a look at firefighters, the volunteer firefighters and, um, rural America and the smaller towns and, and et cetera, a lot of times their equipment, you know, their, their defibrillator equipment or their uh, jaws of life or the, that's donated by the oil and gas company a lot of times too, because they don't have any budget for the, for the, from the local government, state government, or apparently the federal government either, because if you've got 85% of you volunteers and there's really nobody around to run the show, I think it's a problem. I might almost champion that. I'm thinking about it out loud here. So anyway, but. Um, yeah, let's do it. Something. Put it, put it, put it down on your to-do list. Of right. Great things. <laughs> hey, by the way, do you have any events you want to, do you want to highlight? Yeah, um, there are a few free virtual events in April. Um, Shell Power is doing one. It's um, a fuel for thought, promoting your value proposition. And they're doing another one called uh, Interview with the Supply Chain Manager, which it's not me, unfortunately. But I think it's a good opportunity to always get the supply chain perspective Um you know, from a, from a sales perspective or from anyone, you know, s- supply chain people do a lot of market research and, you know, we kind of see what's happening with our own companies with, you know, budgeting and forecasting. So I think this would be a, a great opportunity for people to tune in and it's a, it's a free um, virtual event on April 15th. So if you search Shell Power on my directory, you'll, you'll find those events. Um, I have, I wanted to mention this. I have, 23 golf tournaments right now advertised on my directory. And I know that's not nearly all of them. So (laughs) if you're looking for a golf tournament, uh, I have 16 clay shoots, uh, seven happy hours, a few sporting events, 14 virtual events, uh, seven, did I say fishing tournaments? Seven of them. That's actually my favorite. I think I might actually head up for, there's a fishing tournament in, in North Dakota that I I may attend. So I am I'm all about fishing, and I, we've talked about this before. So uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's plenty of fishing tournaments to enter if if that's what uh, excites you. And uh, well, here at the yeah. Crude Life, we have the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference coming up. And that's in May, uh, May, mid-May. And then we've got down in the Permian in June. I want to say June 10th-ish. It's like a Tuesday? No, is this, Thursday. Is this, the Shell, is this the Shell Energy Conference? That's the one. Shell Energy? That's the one. Yeah, I think, and I think you and I are planning on going down for that. So... Yeah, and if and if you're able to go to the Williston Basin, you can, you can you can certainly come to that too. Uh, we're going to be there. Uh, Jenica will be at the Williston Basin conference. Uh, Jenica Hauser will be there getting interviews uh, with some of the uh, CEOs and that sort of thing. But uh, you're more than welcome to come up and because I'll, I'll I'll be there doing you know interviews with r- regular folk and that sort of thing, which could be CEOs and everything, but. Um, we're going to be there doing our morning show. 
uh, for a couple days, from my understanding. So we'll be at the Williston Basin Petroleum Council, and then we'll be down at the Shale. What, what, what's the official name of that again, the Shale Energy? It's the Shale Energy Resources um, Convention. And that's in? Shale Ener sorry, Shale Energy Conference. Right, and that's and trade, and trade show. June 9th and 10th. June, June 7th to the 12th. So they oh. have quite a bit of things going on that week. So from what I understand, there's going to be you know, a golf tournament, a cook-off, a concert, and, and a conference. So it's going to be several days of really cool stuff happening there um, in Midland. So we're going to be at the Oilfield Connections booth doing the show. And then, oh, yeah, that, that's that's what we'll be doing down there. I'm speaking at a lunch. There's some lunch going on one of the days on Thursday. The, there's a luncheon, and I'm one of the speakers at that. So we'll be doing the uh, play hard, work hard morning show, just like uh, you and I did at the Pipeliners. Yeah. So we'll be doing uh, interviews uh, for two days down at the. Permian Shale event down in the... Boy, I didn't realize that was a week-long event. I know there's a uh, Black Hills... They're not a Black Hills gold. Um, black gold? Yeah. Black gold? Boy, can't tell I'm from Dakota, can you? Black Hills? <laughs> hey, man, that's... When when you give your girlfriend a Black Hill gold... A Black Hills gold necklace, that's the world, man. So that's that's tough to, <laughs> to you know, retrain my mind out of there. So my apologies to Oilfield Helping Hands on that. Uh, but I know that's yeah. where the proceeds go for the concert. So we're going to be down there for that night, too, as well. Yes, and that's June 9th. June 9th and the 10th, black, yep. The Black Gold Bash, yep. And then after that, we're going to be making our way up to the Bakken Barbecue. June, is it 18th, I believe? 18th, yep. 18th, June 18th. And then the following week, we'll be in, at least I will be, and I imagine you will too because it's not too far away, Gillette, Wyoming, at the uh, Energy Exposition in Gillette, Wyoming. And uh, I'll be there speaking, actually. I'll be there as one of the featured speakers. And then we also have a booth area set up uh, over by, we have kind of a, a unique setup. They're going to put us over in an area that's by where the speakers are. Uh, and they, they want us there for the flow of the traffic so when people coming and going can jump on the uh, Work Hard, Play Hard morning show. So, um we're starting to be used now like a juggler and uh, a magician and, uh, you know, as some sort of entertainment act. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in Jason and Sean and they'll entertain your crowd. <laughs> so. Yes, always. Oh, I, I do karaoke. So. And, well, you know, we, we had a good time in the Permian, actually. There was a lot of, uh, I mean, there was some great interviews. We got a lot of great uh, um, voices out there. I know, uh, I know Aaron's interview about uh, putting Trulia or putting vodka in her Trulia. That was uh, in her Truly, in her Truly, yeah. Is that what it is, white, Truly? Yeah. What's Truly? What's, yeah. What's it's Trulia? A, it's like a white claw. I don't know. I think you just made that word up. Oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> well, my my. I think everyone my, knew um, what you meant. I think everyone knew what you meant. It's kind of like a white claw. You know, my ex girlfriend used claw. to drink that Truly and White Claw. Mm hmm. Mm. Yeah, she used to drink yeah. it quite a bit. Never put vodka in there, though. Yeah, it's the COVID cocktail. You know, you just your white claw is just not good enough, so you have to add vodka to it to get your buzz a little faster. Oh my, that's 
It's like putting uh, <laughs> vodka in your uh, cold medicine. Just doesn't do enough yeah. for you. Oh, hey, do you want to announce uh, the contest today for the Fra- Frackleberry Hound uh, cocktail concoction mix? I completely forgot about that. I know you did. So we we decided that we wanted to uh, come up with a, co- a cocktail recipe in honor of Frackleberry Hound. And I think we, we started uh, coming up with some ideas, but I think we wanted to to put the, the contest out there to the people and see who could come up with the, the best uh, recipe. So I think probably what we'll do is start this when we do our little road trip tour type of a thing, focus on a little bit, and that way when we're on the road, maybe we can test out a couple of those Frackleberry Hounds. Because the more I was thinking about it, just when you brought it up, because that was pretty much all I thought about. But the more, the more I'm thinking about it, uh, this time, what came into my mind, because we were on the fruit before, the huckleberry, the frackleberry, raspberry. Do you know what I mean? All three of us right. kind of went that way in combination yeah. with maybe like a bird or a dog, some sort of vodka or some sort of... Uh, uh, booze that had that. Do you know where my mind went today when you brought it up? Was after you do the drink, you should go like, oh, howl, you know, howl like a dog. So, Ow. right, it should be a drink that when you're done, you go howl at the moon. So, see, we can go different oh. directions with the Frackleberry Hound drink. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. I hope we come up with something because then, you know, we can. We can uh, offer those, you know, shots at our, our booth when we have uh, visitors and, and guest speakers. That would be an interesting booth. We would <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> that that would be like a Revenge of the Nerds where they're where they're selling pies for a buck, except for <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> just you know little, little different ending, same result though. Okay, you're just getting getting people there for different reasons. Uh, we could actually, um, you know, what we could do. In all honesty, we are slowly putting together, folks, the first ever, and hopefully more afterwards. But we are going to do a crude life award show. All right, and we've already started some different categories, and maybe we do the announcement of the Frackleberry Hound. Okay at the Crude Life Awards show, and we could do a couple different ones. One of them, which is a fun one, is you have a final four, and then people vote with their dollars. So, you know, a Frackleberry Hound, it's a buck a drink or a five bucks a drink, that sort of thing, and each one goes to charity. And so what you do is you, you, know, you vote with your dollars, but then at the end of the day, some charity gets, gets dollars on it type of a thing. So maybe we could do something like that. And yeah, um, the, the drink with the most money wins. Yeah. And then that way at the award ceremony, you know, if anybody's still awake, we can give them the award. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people might okay. really want to vote. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the more the merrier, I always say. Uh, you've got a directory, OG directory. Now, uh, you've, we've mentioned some events. Let's talk about some of the companies that uh, are listing on your directory. So what type of products are on there, by the way? I mean, it's, um, are, are people selling like uh, 
you know, like wrenches and pipes or are they selling like used trucks or are they selling like, you know, d- different parts of the supply chain? What, what, what can you find at OG directory? So on the for sale side, we have a, a, a cable wire rope trailer for sale. Um, and that's listed by a company called uh, MGS Incorporated. They're a trailer manufacturer. So these guys sell a variety of different trailer combinations and uh, they have a, a good deal on a on a trailer. So if you go to the for sale section, you'll find it. There's also a hot oiler truck. And uh, I had a forklift on there, but it got sold. And there's some digital business cards uh, for sale. I, I think those are super neat. So it's basically a, a, a kind of a plastic business card that you program with your, um, you know, your phone contact information with your photo and your email address and your company name. And, um, and you can attach your... LinkedIn profile, you can attach your Venmo if you're a business that collects payments, uh, any social media handles you have, Twitter handles, and you, you program this card and you basically walk over to someone's phone and you tap their card and they hit accept and boom, their contact information is automatically put into this person's phone. So you don't have to carry a business card anymore. You just tap and go. So uh, there's a 20% discount on the, the website for those right now. Um, pretty neat item. I, I just got one and I think it's the best thing ever. So I'm excited about me being able to, you know, so I go like, Hey Jason, nice to meet you. Um, and you go, yeah, do you have a business card? And I'll say better yet, I'll just add my contact to your phone right now and tap it and go. And then I don't have to worry about you losing my business card or, you know, throwing it away behind my back to make me feel, feel bad. You know, I know that my contact is in your phone, so pretty good tool for salespeople. I, I, I don't even, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think the old uh, business cards about gone the way of the newspaper and dinosaur, you know, it's just not, there's just not many people using them anymore. Um, you know, they have them, but I know a lot of events I go to, people don't even carry them anymore. You know, really, they don't. Um, some do, but... Lot, lot less than there used to be. I mean, geez, 10, 15 years ago, people would shake your hand with them in their hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was frontal. It was aggressive. And now, I mean, it's it's so laissez. I mean, geez, I forgot to carry them for three years. Personally, I did. Um, well, I think you have the, the best business card out there. <laughs> I do, yeah, because, okay, so folks, just so you're aware, my business card, I actually made like 15 years ago. And it was when we had multiple uh, publications. We had different magazines. And it, was, um, it didn't make sense to you know, have like five different business cards. So I just made one that was like embossed and it looked very professional and clean. And it was white with black lettering. It just says my name. But it has a border and all this other stuff. And we would just write on the back. Well, then that same year or the next year, Ocean's Eleven came out, and it was just like the the one that Danny Ocean gives um, Matt Damon, where it says Emmett's Pub on the back. And so me and the printer just thought it would, they were the coolest business cards. And I ordered like 5,000 because you had to like specifically order these plates to be built in all these different things. Back then, it was quite a process. But the idea was... These would last for a long time, and because you can just write on the back, there they go. But here's the good news. If I'm ever hungry, I can go just go to a, 
hotel and get a wedding dinner because it looks like a nameplate at a wedding. Just, it does. Just, just throw your name down on the table and be like, I'll take the fish. <laughs> I'll take the fish. <laughs> what do you mean there's no fish option? I was told it was gluten free too. Just start just start being difficult until they give you everything. <laughs> one of each. I'll take one of each, please. Isn't that the way to do it? When you want your way, just start naming little difficulties until they just they, they concede. Just like, all right, just you know, whatever. Yeah. Go go get them a cheeseburger yeah. from In N Out. Okay. So In N Out. Oh, we have three here in Colorado, and we're adding another one that's closer closer to my house. So I'm very excited. Where do, Coming from Cal- California, I've, I've been dying to have a, a few in and out uh, drive-throughs here. Where so. Where did uh, they open up in California? Or I'm sorry, in Colorado? Do they have one in Fort Collins yet? Um, there's one in Colorado Springs. Oh, then no, they one, don't. One in Park Meadows and one in Aurora, and they're opening one up in Belmar, which okay. is Lake Lakewood. I'm a big In and Out fan. Big. So, yeah. When I was in California, that was uh, that was the only fast food we ever did. And well, um, wait, what would you eat there now? Because you're. You know, I would uh, probably I would probably eat. Go ahead and eat eat the in and out just because um it's more about the experience for me i you know i I lived in California for a year so i i I get the in in and out culture and I get it and it ta- and i I love the fact that it's not frozen i love the i love the fresh uh uh, French fries. uh everything about it even the the, the, yeah. the clean cut uh uh outfits that they make the staff wear to they they really um Boy, they go the way they go through the lines. I mean, you can go to an in and out, and there's like 40 people in line, but you still wait in line because you can get in and out so fast because they only got three items on the menu. I right. mean, what, what do they got? Single, double, 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 or something? That's that's basically it. Yeah, well, they have hamburgers, cheeseburgers, but you know they have secret menu items that mm-hmm. that like you know you can get a grilled cheese or you yep. can do a, a protein style where it's. Without a bun, it's you know your burgers wrapped in lettuce. Instead, you could do animal style, which is you know grilled onions with their fancy sauce and mustard and pickles, and you know they have uh, chocolate vanilla and strawberry shakes. But you can order a Neapolitan shake. So there's or a black and secret. white. Mm-hmm. What's black and white? Just oh, chocolate and vanilla. Chocolate vanilla. Yep, and then you can yeah. You can get a uh, you know you can get a vegetarian burger, which is just basically no burger. They put the you know the uh, lettuce and tomato and onion in there in the bun. That's you know so you can get that. And um, there was yeah. a uh, reporter for the San Francisco newspaper or a magazine. I forget what it was, but this is a great story because he was uh, he heard this legend of the you know eighty seven or whatever many secret menu items they have at In and Out because you know you can get your fries anim- animal style too. Animal. Yeah, yeah. And so he was going through there and he was kept ordering these different things and finally the guy after like the eighth time or something he said, <laughs> "Is there something that you're you know something going on here?" He just kind of questioned him or whatever and he the reporter said what he's doing. He said, "Oh no, I'll sit down and go through the whole menu with you." And the guy's like, oh, man, that would save me a ton of time and calories. 
Like, <laughs> just, he, yeah, just tell me. Just tell me. Yeah. Because he kept having to go and like interview people out in the street. Like, okay, what else you got for me? Neapolitan shake. Okay, he'd write it down. And then he'd have to go like like do his fact checking by going and ordering it. Because. <laughs> Here he's a reporter, and he heard it was a secret menu, so he assumed, that, well, they're not going to tell him. Yeah, well, that sounds like real good research to me, well, especially it, experience, experience well, it, right? Absolutely. You know, you go through it, it's just good gumshoe journalism. So anyway, but I love In-N-Out, and so I'm ha- I was happy to see that they were... Uh, uh, coming to Colorado because th- there's a certain rule. I think it's three hours. I think it's, it's something. There's a certain amount of miles or a certain amount of hours that their fresh center, their distribution center, because their meat cannot be frozen and they have to have fresh produce. And there's certain quality assurances. And now that the the um, the heiress, uh, I forget her name, but it's a female CEO. She's like stepped up and really embraced the uh, quality control and the image of in and out so it's been kind of fun they went into texas you know i don't did you know that in and outs in texas or they they started building in texas i think i heard that so not too long ago they you know it takes a year because they got to build their distribution center first and then they and then after the distribution center is built then they start uh unloading or start building unveiling the new in and out locations in Texas, now I don't know the exact numbers here, but I read that when uh, In-N-Out announced that they were going to be opening up uh, stores in Texas and going to be breaking ground on the distribution center, what about or Whataburger added like 700 locations in the entire state? Like, You're kidding. No, that, that was like their <laughs> response, like, oh, crap. <laughs> because there's, well, there's a big... Yeah, no, it's funny because, you know, people who grew up with a Whataburger, you know, just swear that Whataburger is the best. You know, I grew up around In-N-Out, and I swear In-N-Out's the best. And there are other, you know, burger chains out there. Like, there's one other one that's kind of, like, has a huge following I can't think of right now. But it's funny because, you know, I love In-N-Out. When I have Whataburger, I'm like, this burger kind of sucks. You know? Yeah, it's for me. Out. And I think the Whataburger people feel that way about In-N-Out. So it's kind of funny. For me, growing up in the Midwest, uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, uh, our, our best hamburgers were probably Hardee's. And Hardee's is the same as Carl Jr.'s. Carl Jr. Yeah. yeah. But Hardee's did uh, more of the burgers and um, more of the chicken. They, they tried chicken for a while, and Carl's Jr. has, like, catfish. So... But the burgers were almost saying they they went the flame broiled uh, kind of embrace the um, um, uh, using quality ingredients first, if you will, Hardee's. But nobody ever went there because it wasn't as you know just whatever. Um, yeah. I've had Whataburger, I've had In and Out, and it's not even close. In and Out destroys Whataburger. Sorry, Texas, it's just true. I know it's not That's even close. How I feel too. Like to me, In and Out, it's in a class of its own of all fast food. Of all, it's not even close, in my opinion. But that's just me. I agree. Yeah, yeah. and they, they their prices haven't really changed much over the years. And if they do increase their prices, it's by you know pennies. It's still really affordable to eat there. That is true. They are very cheap, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that was kind of a unique sidebar we just took on on that whole deal. But uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, okay. What well, else did, we got? Go ahead. Um, I, I did want to announce that I do have a, a new team member um, helping oh, yeah. with the OG directory. Her name is Amber Kinney, and Amber um, is here in the, the Denver area. She's been in the oil and gas industry um, for several years now, so she brings a lot of experience to um, service and, and sales companies and, and helping them with their, their success. And one of the things that, you know, our directory does is to promote service and supply companies. And I think she'll be a really good ambassador to the directory to help, help companies, you know, figure out how to, how to succeed using the directory. So I'm really excited to have her on board. And if you need help setting up a, a business listing, you can give me a call. You can give Amber a call. We'd be happy to help you and do it over the phone. It's kind of it's all computer based, you know. So companies log on, create an account, pick which business listing level you want, and populate your information. And you know, you you control all the information. I don't have to do a thing to help you get in the directory. You control it all. But some people are are a little um, you know computer shy, and so if you need help. Um, you know, building those profiles, and Amber and I are happy, happy to do that for you. So give us a shout. But I'm excited to have her on board. Customer service in today's day and age? Holy smokes. Right? Such a thing. <laughs> Such a thing. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Do you want to remind uh, you? Co- Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, a, a couple of companies that have, have recently signed up for the directory are... SST Corporation, they're a drilling uh, contractor in the Rocky Mountain region. Um, so if you are looking for a good good contractor, they've gotten a lot of really great reviews since I welcomed them to the directory on, on LinkedIn. They um, Everyone's just raving about them. So give them a shout. Check them out. Um, Mission Flares and Combustion, uh, Zico, those are both like uh, really good uh, people, companies uh, that do uh compressors, combustion, flares, those types of things. Uh, Casasco, they are a cathodic protection supply company or a corrosion mitigation supplies and service related company. Uh, Rig ER is another one. These guys offer uh, an oil and gas software that's uh, pretty much like a uh, electronic field ticketing system. So if you're in the market to help, you know, digitize your operations check those guys out so a few companies that have signed up recently so um i like to promote the companies that sign up because that's my job to get you know these companies out there so that buyers can can find you and hire you well i imagine it's just another arrow in the quiver of uh tools that somebody that a company really should have right i mean you mentioned yeah, I mean, it's, it's free. I mean, you've got different levels, obviously, yeah. that you can pay. But I mean, just to get your, to get your, let's you know, if you're selling a trailer or something like that, just to get it up there, like I don't know, like a Craigslist ad, except for this is a little more specific than that. But um, that that to me would seem like just something that you would do, right? Like part of your day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like just, yeah, it's part of your job, right? It's well, of- yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I get it if you're a one man, two man show. There's only 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 so many hours in a day. But you know, there are some companies where they, 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 there's people, several people, who get paid to do this stuff. Like that, 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 right? Am I am I wrong on that? But they get paid to sell things. No, they they get paid to um, 
go out and do social media management and put their uh, products on directories and, you know, whether it's eBay or Craigslist or OG directory, whatever it is, you know, sure. I mean, in the real estate world, you've got, you know, your MLS for your local place, but then you've got Zillow and you've got Landwatch and uh, what's the other one? Um, I don't know, 100 real estate websites that's what i mean so i mean specific and, listings and yeah and, and I, I know i know realtors like that's that's like a big part of their job is you know what a big part of it is because you never really know where anybody's getting their information so really sign up as many as you can and what you're saying is that you actually market yours <laughs> most people don't right. do that I'd, most yeah, people don't companies you know. yeah companies sign up for my directory and i i i don't just walk away i mean i I am I am marketing their services because for me, you know, the whole reason I created the directory was because as a buyer, sometimes I had a really hard time finding companies, um, you know, that that provided certain services and certain basins. And I my goal here is to create a comprehensive directory so that you don't have to make you know ten phone calls and Google companies and you know try to make friends with other operator companies and you know, you can find the companies you're looking for in just a few clicks. So like you said, there's a free option. So I don't, um, I'm not sure why a company wouldn't jump at the opportunity to be listed in an oil and gas directory for free. Um, but it's there and I hope they, they make the move to use it because it's free advertising. For them. Well, and it's specific. That's the part, that's what I mean. That's the part that, um, makes sense yeah, to me. Part, you're, your, your target market right. is looking at, at this directory. You know, they're, they're looking at the site for events and they're reading articles. So, you know, if your company has a really cool technology and, or you've written a white paper on something, you know, upload that article and, you know, brag about, you know, the really cool things that your company is doing and, you know, create some interest, drive some traffic to your company. Expand your network. Expand your network because that's what needs to be done right now, folks, is, is quite honestly, while people are building silos, expand your network because silos crash. They do. They just, they're just they going away. And so um, what else we got? April, okay, we've got ESG, Keep America Clean. We're actually continuing cleaning America. We're still wordsmithing that whole thing. Um, what do you like better? Keep America clean, but that sounds a little, you know, like we're trying to piggyback off the Trump stuff, and we're not trying to do that. And the other one is continuing cleaning America, but that just kind of doesn't flow as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with something. Well, it's important because, honestly, I, I think it's important to set the narrative that what we're doing is continuing what we've already done. Because it's what what really bothers me about this whole climate change thing. But and by the way, not to get on the API thing, but um, the, the the little uh, so, uh, API endorsing climate pricing. The the one part of the whole deal that I wish people would realize is that not only did they endorse climate pricing, but now they are endorsing the idea of climate change. That just carbon tax, yeah, yeah, carbon tax, the carbon tax, yeah. But if you read the the news the the news release and the and the format, and you start reading the regurgitated stories through the uh, media, 
They're talking about it because in response to climate change. So what they're saying is that they've accepted climate change too. And that actually might be the bigger story. And no one's talking about that yet because I didn't realize that they had a, I thought they were still opposing that, that there was still, you know, it was consensus science instead of actual and, you know, the earth changes and a few other things. But um, anyway, that's for a different day, for a different different subject and that sort of thing. But um, uh, how did I get on that little rant all of a sudden? Oh, keep America clean. Keeping America beautiful. Yeah, keep America beautiful. Yeah, and, and so, you know, how my thing is that, you know, we've been decarbonizing for the last 150 years, and if it wasn't for the oil and gas um, being discovered, we'd probably have whales extinct by now, and walruses and seals would have been next. And so that's, that's a nice thing, is that just this natural progression has happened where we've decarbonized for the last 150 years, and we've done this natural just kind of humanitarian progression. And I do think there's this natural evolution to make things cleaner. Look at what we did with the steel industry. Look at what we've done with the coal industry. Tons cleaner. So that's why I think it's important to set the tone with the right words. Um, Because otherwise, you know, you're, you're either going along with their narrative, which unfortunately a lot of the oil and gas industry now is going along with John Kerry and Gina McCarthy and Joe Biden, and they don't even know it, but they're going along with that particular narrative. So, um, no, and I and I think you're right. We just all have to continue to do the good community-driven things that that we've been doing. But I really think that companies need to to talk about it. And you know, oil and gas companies do a lot of things under the radar, and it's not because they want the publicity for it they're just good stewards of their community you know they donate a lot of money to schools they build baseball fields they uh, subsidize schools with computers and they do all kinds of really great things and you know it's not front news front news uh front page news but you know when someone over here is crying about uh um you know green green energy um and how you know, oil and gas people are, are only evildoers and they don't do anything good. I think it's, it's just all misrepresented. And so, um, it's going along with the, the highway cleanup thing, I wanted to mention that, uh, the Rocky mountain pipeliners are adopting a highway in, in Boulder. And I think this is a, a good move on, on their part for the a community that is highly, um, anti oil and gas. So I think it's, you know, going into communities that don't accept um, oil and gas and and continuing to do good things there, you know, despite their uh, bad feelings Mm -hmm. towards the industry. So, yeah, I know I got an email. I actually I forwarded it to you about um, the uh, uh, it was the New York Times about ad agencies defecting from the oil and gas industry now because they're comparing it to big tobacco. And the reason I sent that to you was I thought thought it was interesting. For one, you and I have talked about this before, but number two, that's a message I've been trying to get across to the oil oil and gas leadership for the last four to five years. And I've actually been using those words that I said, it's a lot like the tobacco. I said, from one, 
They're, they're using the public health debate much like they use the smoking ban in restaurants. So I said it has nothing to do with whether you're for or against smoking. It has to do with the template of the public health. I go, number two, they're using actually the same shaming techniques that they used on, on tobacco. And I was called crazy, didn't know what I was talking about, idiotic, all kinds of different things. Now those same people, those same people, that said nasty things about me are now sending me the story trying to tell me that this is coming. Now they're going to educate me on what I tried to warn them about five years ago. That's interesting to me. Yeah, it's full circle. Well, no, I mean, that's how clueless a lot of the leadership is. They don't even understand that how offensive it is that the people that was trying to warn them about these problems, they basically ridiculed, called crazy, stupid. And, you know, because you've, you've heard people from the oil and gas industry, if you disagreed with them over the last four years, they were not very nice. There was, there, there's a lot of people in leadership that were not very nice. And so for them to come back now and act like they're going to be these, these uh, bridgers or educators or whatever it is, I, I don't think that they don't that they understand it's not going to be accepted. That it just doesn't work like that anymore. And um, anyway, so uh, something to think about. Something to think about because yeah. because we're going through some changes right now. We are. And um, anyway, we just have to keep on keep on keeping on right. Keep on doing good doing good things. Well, we're going to keep promoting the industry in a positive yeah. way. I mean, sure. e- even if there is a little bit of inner fighting, that's, that's how, how she goes. Um, that's how she goes. But so we've got, let's see, May at the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference, and then we're going to be down at the uh, Shale Energy Resources Expo and uh, trade show and luncheon and concert, concert and, and extravaganza. And- Good times, yes. And then we'll be up at the Bach and Barbecue the next week. And then the following week, we'll be in Gillette, Wyoming. My goodness, I am going to be putting on some miles. We might just have to road trip it. Might have to carpool. Yeah. Actually, you'll probably... Well, you'll, it'd be hard if I'm starting from Colorado and you're starting from, from North Dakota. <laughs> we'll have to meet in the middle somewhere. That's true. Probably Omaha or no, probably Oklahoma City. We'll meet in Oklahoma City. Um, yeah. Pick up we'll, Matt. We'll see if there's an event. See if there's an event there. Pick up Matt Hill yeah, and Ken Lavin and see if they want to come with. Yeah. And kind of go from there. It'd be fun. But anyway, so well, let's uh, let's wrap her up here for a Tuesday. We got to let you wish your is your daughter home or is she uh, somewhere else? She's home. Okay. All right. You better make She's her some home. breakfast. What, what does she like? Breakfast foods. She does. That's her favorite favorite thing. She'll eat it pretty much all day. So I'll make her some homemade French toast. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Well, how can people get in touch with uh, you or Amber? Is it your new? Amber, yeah, Amber Kinney. You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean Forbes, or send me an email at Sean, S H A W N, at OG Directory.com. I stood on my steps, yeah, wait my turn. I'm falling fast, yeah, hope it don't burn.
music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Some falls down, now it's pixie dust. I carry what I need, baby, you I can trust. I carry a note in the pocket of life and a pencil and erase by my side. Well, I feel alright, I'm doing okay. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000, when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment developments. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life, and I'd like to take a moment to tell you about Kate's Man Cave and how Kate has improved my mind, body, and my soul. Kate's Man Cave uses the latest in sexual health education high-quality hygiene products, and the hottest, and I do mean hottest, accessories from Pure Romance. Kate's Man Cave has enhanced my life more than I could ever imagine. Kate's Man Cave has quality products for my bath and shower, as well as my overall wellness. But between you and me, and anyone else listening, they also have products for my bedroom and my boudoir. It takes a real man to enter Kate's Man Cave, so if you're a real man or you want to turn your boy into a man, then check out Kate's Man Cave today. That's Kate's Man Cave. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and uh, thank you, Madam Secretary and, and uh, Chairman Paul, uh, for being here. First of all, I want to associate myself with uh, the comments of Senator Kennedy, uh, specifically about um, the, the importance of the independence, Mr. Chairman. I know you and I have talked about this in the past, and um, it's just really critical. And I applaud you for your uh, your discipline in that. Um, what I wanted to talk about today a little bit is that the banking agencies, of course, are starting to roll back last year's regulatory measures that responded to pandemic stresses. And as you know, we, we made some temporary, um, provided some temporary temporary relief. And we're hearing now that community banks are under leverage ratio stress because of the influx of deposits, which, of course, they're holding largely very low risk uh, in very low risk assets. And, and of course, somewhat because of their strong commitment to the PPP lending. So as the banks continue to work with their customers and communities, 
I'm just wondering what factors will you consider in deciding how to address leverage ratio pressures and how much lead time will the banks and their customers get to adapt to these, these ad hoc decisions? And I can start with either one of you can start, maybe, maybe start with you, Mr. Chairman. Right. So on the community bank leverage ratio, that's something we'll be watching carefully and we'll communicate it well ahead of time. And we're, you know, we're well aware of those stresses. Very good. Well, thanks. Well, uh, Secretary Yellen, then I'm going to ask you another question. And if, if, you know, if you want to address the, the uh, CBLR as well, that'd be great. Um, but you've, you've made, of course, addressing climate change, one of the, the central points of your time at Treasury. It's been reported that President Biden's climate czar, uh, John Kerry, has encouraged banks and other investment institutions to form a net zero banking alliance. He's also urged banks to provide as much support for alternative energy projects as possible, which seems to be at the expense of, of more traditional energy projects, and possibly even forcing financial institutions to put political and social considerations ahead of sound business practices. And, and that would, of course, be a violation of their fiduciary responsibilities to their shareholders. So in light of this weak unemployment numbers, that, that do you think it's a good idea for private businesses to be forced by a government official or even encouraged by one to, to make decisions about where they should or should not put their money, jeopardizing jobs and our energy and other sectors of the economy that are you know, legal commerce, uh, represent legal commerce and, and industries and businesses? Well, Senator, I, I think the world faces a profound crisis in connection with um, climate and um, it is appropriate for government, the private sector as well, to focus on um, how we can mitigate the risks, um, to encourage uh, banks and financial institutions, lenders more generally, to um, think about the potential um, adverse impacts of investments that they may make, and um, perhaps more importantly, to understand that um, eventually, we are committed to going to net zero uh, emissions by 2050, and that that can affect the returns that they um, receive on investments. I don't think that's inappropriate, but there are no requirements by government that I'm aware of um, to force anyone to lend for any particular project or um, not to not to lend to um, businesses that um, are involved in carbon emitting activities. Well, there certainly are some very strong suggestions that border on pressure at the very least. And of course, um, a lot of these bigger banks are responding to that pressure and, and to market forces as well. But that said, I might just bring up a scenario in, say, a cold place like North Dakota or anywhere in the Midwest, for that matter. Um, you know, when we get to times where, where there's a, you know, a very, uh, like a polar vortex, as some people like to call it, we, we just call it winter. Um, or, or for that matter, you get a peak, peak uh, hot summer stretch when the baseload electricity that people used to rely on to keep their companies running, their manufacturing facilities going, or the gas that used to be, that used to be the, uh, the feedstock for a manufacturer becomes, um, you know, becomes fuel for generating electricity, um, that could have a pretty negative impact on the, the companies and manufacturers, the server farms um, who, who suddenly find themselves with a rolling blackout. So I just hope that we can take a whole approach 
to these things and not try to pick entire categories of industries that uh, as, we, as we talk about, particularly as we talk about fair access to banking. Well, I agree. This is a process that will unfold over time um, gradually and um, we need to take account of account of those impacts. Thank you for your consideration. Again, thanks to both of you for being here and for your service. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator Kramer. We just call it winner. Thanks for making me <laughs> laugh. I noticed she laughed and I laughed. Moran, Moran didn't get it, so he didn't laugh. But uh, Senator Smith is recognized from Minnesota for five minutes. Senator Smith definitely got the joke about that's just winner. So thank you, Senator Kramer. I appreciate it. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at the crude life. Dot com. with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomena. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> the Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk about Women's History Month. Every March since 1987, Congress and U.S. presidents have designated this month as Women's History Month. This year, the Crude Life celebrates and honors their accomplishments and vital contributions in history with interviews and stories that center around women's experiences in industry. These women are not only modern-day leaders, but they are truly historic as well. Today we talk with Amy Anderzak with the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America. Certainly, policymakers within key federal agencies that have oversight over our businesses. So, for example, FERC or FIMSA, those are the two main 
regulatory agencies uh, that have oversight over our business. And so they obviously very much understand our business. They have a lot of expertise. This is this is what they do. When you look at Congress, it's a bit more mixed because obviously members of Congress are dealing with every issue and members of Congress who populate committees with oversight over energy have a better understanding than those that don't generally. Like anything else, you know, there's still a lot of room for them to learn. They're not running our businesses every day. Do you think that uh, a, a, you know, that certain degree of a lack of, of understanding kind of contributes to uh, any difficulties that you might have running the business? Absolutely. I think generally when people have a just a better understanding, it makes for better policy. To listen to the full-length interview with Amy Anderzak, the president of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Please join us all month long as we celebrate Women's History Month here at The Crude Life. From the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and let me just say this, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of 
interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It, it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, the grid operator is projecting that nearly three million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. Uh, and, and there's... It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't... I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Hector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Hector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those, uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle a, 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 the, in, you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's going to be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half the gigawatts went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. And then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, generator, these generators, or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas, on a, on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running. Right? JP Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas, 9:12 a.m. I don't know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. Well, I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days.